Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to Dear World Loves Delilah, the quotable podcast with me, Darcy Lee, a moment meant to motivate, inspire, and empower. And I am super glad that you're here. So if you're joining me because you need the occasional reminder of your pure badassery or innate awesomeness, if you need help silencing that inner critic, getting through a tough day, want to be a part of a community of people who are dedicated to suiting up and showing up fully for their lives, or if you just want to be able to, at the end of it all, say, I did all I wanted to do with this life. I put it all on the table. I lived this life as fully and authentically and courageously as I could then welcome, because you, my friend, are in the right place. Every week, I will come here with something fun, fantastic, and authentic for you, whether it be amazing people, some of whom you've heard of because they are amazing out loud, and some that you need to hear of because their remarkable gifts are too good to keep behind the curtain any longer. We may also discuss an incredible book or share a beautiful idea that will help you truly live the life that you want to live. Together, we will meet We will dream, we will learn, and we will laugh. Together, we will take this life by the horns, and we will live it until the living is done. So, my fellow rock stars, are you ready for an adventure? Here's to the journey. I am really excited. Let's do this. Dear world, I'm sending you all the warmth and light. Love, Delilah. Courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes, courage is a little voice at the end of the day saying, I'll try again tomorrow. Mary Ann Rodmacher. So the other morning during my meditation, I just cried. I cried. And I laughed. And I calmed. And I cried again. And each time I cried, I had this huge Joker-style smile on my face. (laughs) I could feel it. So I'm sitting there, not really cross-legged because I'm not even flexible enough to sit cross-legged anymore, and I'm breathing, and my eyes are welling up, and I'm sort of silent, ugly crying (laughs) because my husband is lying beside me in the middle space between sleep and awake, and I didn't want to wake him. I also, in, I don't know, in a weird way, I didn't want to share what I was experiencing because... It was uncomfortable, um, but it was also amazing. It felt beautiful and awkward and freeing and difficult and not big enough all at the same time. And it was amazing. Now, I don't know how many of you meditate, uh, but some of you may be thinking, because I'm thinking as I explain it to you, how are all of those thoughts happening while you're meditating? Isn't meditating about like clearing your thoughts? Uh, and that's what I always hear. And, and maybe it is. I've never claimed to be good at meditation. Uh, two things I suck at, meditation and yoga. Okay, I'm not here to, <laughs> to provide any false pretenses. Uh, but what I do is I just suit up and I show up. I suit up and I show up and I sit the best way that I can and I close my eyes and I put in the effort. And I'll tell you, it is one of the most beautiful things I experience every day. Every day that I practice it. Even in my completely imperfect and perhaps non-traditional approach, it is awesome. It's hard and sometimes I wanna quit after like 30 seconds but I don't, (laughs) and I'm rewarded every time that I do it. 
you know, <laughs> rewarded. Um, isn't that, that's an interesting way, I think, to look at it. And it never occurred to me. Um, I mean, I, it occurred to me, obviously, like we do things because they're rewarding, right? But it never occurred to me as I struggled with meditation, and, and I struggle every single time too. I mean, I enjoy it and I, I benefit from it, but I struggle every single time. Um, but what is interesting to me is something that I've heard before and something that I focus on and something that I tell myself regularly, but it still almost comes as a surprise when I say it to myself. And that's this idea that, we are re that we're rewarded, that the universe wants us to be happy. And I've come to realize that I believe that with all of my heart. I do. I believe that the universe wants us to be happy in part because a happier person, a more fulfilled person has such a beautiful impact on the world, on the frequency of existence, on the energy that surrounds us. And what are we? What is the universe but energy, right? So when we do these things, the big things, but the littlest too, the tiniest, the very little of what is sometimes all we have to give. When we do these things, the universe rewards us. When we suit up and show up, the universe rewards us. When we contribute just by trying, the universe rewards us because it is a matter of survival. Okay, this, th okay, I'm thinking out loud, so bear with me. We are energy, right? Our essence. We are molecules moving at a certain speed and frequency, which then decides our, what, like hardness? <laughs> I'm not a scientist. Uh, what I mean is that the molecules in liquid, they move at a slower rate than the molecules in, say, iron, right? It's harder to get between the molecules in iron because they're moving so fast that there's no real space, no in no way to penetrate their defense, right? In water, there's a lot of space, room to separate the molecules, room to be immersed in the space between them. And then, of course, we, humans, flesh and blood, we're somewhere in between. So <laughs> I'm thinking the other night I had dinner in Nashville with uh, Dr. Hildreth and his wife, Phyllis. Dr. Hildreth is the president of Meharry Medical College, and he's also a, uh, not a, he's a bio, what is he? Oh, now I don't remember. But he's like a really fancy, awesome scientist. So I'm thinking about what he would say or think or what, what the look would be on his face if he heard me trying to talk about science like this. He's a biochemist. No, that's not it either. I don't remember what he is. And now I feel worse talking about him because I can't even remember what he does. Um, it's a little embarrassing. Science was never my strong suit. So, But I feel like you get the idea right? So we are energy moving at different frequencies. And what I was thinking is, what if the stability of the universe worked in the same way? What if the universe supports us in our pursuit of our happiness, because our happiness is what keeps it alive? And I don't mean that it's scared, right? I believe emotion like fear, anger, jealousy, etc. I believe they're human emotions. The emotions that surround forgetting with a capital F. Who we are, what we're capable of, right? But what if it's more like in the nature 
It's the nature of the universe to support that which supports it. A requited love, in a sense, a reciprocal existence. Even better, like a reciprocal, is that the right word? Reciprocal, a reciprocal abundance. I started with that because I just came out of meditation uh, long enough to assure my husband, whom it turns out was more awake than asleep, that I was okay. That the crying and the trembling that shook him as he laid beside me uh, was not a need for concern. That my sweet man, (laughs) my sweet man had nothing to worry about. And it turns out he was laying there needing to pee and take headache medicine, but didn't want to disturb me. So he just laid there and waited. <laughs> How lucky am I? Uh, but anyway, I thanked him. I told him it was an incredible meditation. He kissed me. We asked each other how we slept. He went, peed, and I pulled out my laptop. Um, and I started writing. And I started writing because I didn't want to lose track of this moment. I didn't want to let those happy tears fade away, right, to my comforter and to the shirt that I cried all over. Um, Because I realized and I remembered in that moment that so often we cry the tears of heartache and loss and fear and disappointment, all of which are necessary, right? Um, We need to cry those cries. They're important. Crying gets a bad rap for sure. And of course, women get a bad rap for always crying or being overly emotional. And men are taught that they can't cry at all or that if they do, it's because they're sissies or feminine, right? We do ourselves, the ones we love, our communities as a whole, we do them all a tremendous injustice by denying ourselves and others the cleansing, the pouring of the sacred waters from our souls. And it's so powerful and it's so necessary. Tears have purpose, right? What doesn't have purpose? I mean, other than like mosquitoes and I don't know, but I would say that most things were created with a purpose. They serve us, right? And tears serve us. They serve our heart and soul. They serve those around us because in them we are connected and we need to acknowledge and honor every little thing that connects us because we are so caught up all the time in what divides us. And this is something that has been on my mind and heart so much lately, so much. I've already stopped watching the news. I stopped watching the news years ago because of its its divisive nature. I don't talk about politics much. Uh, I don't talk about religion much. And I scroll through Facebook less and less as of late. If I'm on Facebook now, it's probably to engage in one of my two groups where the focus is love and support and encouragement and growth and books and cute animal memes and laughter, right? But my actual news feed, I find myself feeling more empty after reading it than I did when I started, which is interesting because don't we sort of lean on social media these days to feel more connected? I mean, I tend to think so but maybe not. Anyway, I've not given up on it completely. I am still a fan of Instagram and I still do spend some time on Facebook, but I fear I'm getting closer and closer to disillusioned about social media in general. And I don't see myself ever completely staying away because there are things that I do love about it. 
but I see myself kind of unfriending some of the people that I love most in this world because their posts and their comments on the posts of others and uh, it's what ca- is what's causing so much of my heartache, breaking my heart, seriously. I won't go into details, but let's just say that I love, deeply love people on both sides of about every issue out there. And yes, this means that at some point, someone I love stands on the other side of topics about which I am very passionate, topics that I've been known, that have been known to bring me to tears and not just the light, joyful ones that I was talking about from my meditation earlier. No, like the heavy, sharp, painful ones that most of us try to avoid in any way that we can. Yeah, I love people with whom I disagree. Uh, I love people who disagree with me about some of the most fundamental of my beliefs, the beliefs that I build my life around. And it's hard. It's really freaking hard sometimes. And I know you know, right? Because I'm not the only one. Uh, But you know what's harder yet? The worst. The real downer is watching the ones that I love on each side going after each other. Oh my God, seeing people I love and respect use memes and sarcasm or shame or condescension to try to put down others that I love and respect. I swear it's enough to make me lose my mind. And then it is all I can do not to fall into that trap of being like, how dare you? Will you? (laughs) How dare you in this self-righteous indignation, right? And really like, I have to work really hard at not becoming part of the problem. Um, not contributing to the division, the lack of compassion, the inability to see where other people are coming from. But worse yet, like I don't want to be someone who becomes unwilling to even try. And that's really what I wanted to talk about with you. (laughs) I know it's like over the river and through the woods. Uh, Let me say this. It's related, I promise. So at this point, This is going to seem like a total, total change of topic, but I promise it's not. At this point, if you have not seen The Black Panther, I am saying to you, go see it. Please go see it. It is so good. It is so good. It made me cry. (laughs) I promise I don't cry nearly as much as I make it out. I know that I talk about crying a lot, and I actually have more to say on that later, In this case, though, the tears began with just the beauty of the movie, the fierceness, the badassery and honor and strength and courage and just goodness of it. I mean, it was beautiful, not to mention the special effects and the amazing talent of the actors and actresses and the writers. Like they put you there. They put you in that place with beautiful people, beautiful scenery, lots of super cool tech um, and fun and Yeah, it was just amazing. And I want to talk a little bit about it. Now, don't worry. If you haven't seen it, while I may be quietly judging you for not having seen it yet in my mind, (laughs) uh, I do. I can be pretty judgmental. But then if it's any consolation, I judge myself for judging you. And and then I have to remind myself that judgment's divisive and destructive at its worst and unproductive at its best. And Slowly get to a place of grace and accepting both you and I right where we are. It's, it's quite the process. Um, but while all of that may be going on in my, in my head at this moment, 
I will not spoil anything for you. I am an anti-spoiler. There are very few things in this life that I can't stand more than spoilers. <laughs> One of my pet peeves. Uh, so I will ruin nothing for you. But I do want to talk about a small speech that was made and how it affected me and what I think of it in context of this real world that we live in. Now, remember, I don't know if you remember, but I did say during the very first episode of this podcast, and I think it's even in the introduction, that I would introduce you to ideas and books and people, some real and some fictional. So today we're going to play on the fictional side, and today I want to present to you King T'Challa, the king of the fictional country of Wakanda, Africa. And I wanted to share a quote that really stood out to me. And it is this, more connects us than separates us. The wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we are tribe. I'm going to say that one more time, okay? And I know, but bear with me. More connects us than separates us. The wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we are tribe. Ah, I love that. Now, if you listen to podcasts other than mine, you probably hear the word a lot, tribe. I know that is one reason I started my Facebook groups, this podcast, uh, my blog before this. I wanted to create it. I wanted to provide it and be a part of it. This thing called tribe, right? Community. In essence, our connectedness. And if you listen to my first episode, which may or may not be very good, you got to cut me some slack. I'm new at this. But in my first episode, I touched on connectedness then too. And I'm likely to talk about it a lot because I think that it is not only part of why I'm here, but I think that it is at the very essence of who we are in this world and why we struggle in this world. Um, and that quote just nailed it for me. So more connects us than separates us. We are connected by our dreams, our inspirations. And when I say that, I don't mean necessarily the actual or specific goal, like my goals and dreams and you know, passions may be different than yours, right? But what I mean is that there is a desire behind our goal, right? Each and every one of our goals, that means there's desire. And then there's also, most likely, unless you are beautifully and ridiculously enlightened, there's going to be some fear too, right? And then there's going to be some hope and some doubt, all of which maybe just surround your goal, right? And so even though our goals are not specific, um, or even though they are specific and they are not going to be general enough that we all share the same ones, I bet we all share some of the same emotions surrounding our goals, right? And it also means that we're connected by our courage to love. We're connected by the heartache that sometimes follows love and the strength that it takes to persevere and to even take a chance on love again right? We're connected by community. We're connected by those moments in which we have felt completely alone too. We're connected by the joy we feel when we see a loved one laugh or smile or succeed. And you know what else we're connected by? 
Do you know what every last one of us has experienced at least some point in our life? Tears. We're connected by tears and then many, many layers of our being that those tears represent and the beautiful purpose that they serve. Tears. The rain from the skies of our potential, our essence, the product of the storms that we weather, and the gift of the growth like seasonal blooms watered by our hearts and souls. We are tribe for so many reasons. There is so much that connects us. But I wonder sometimes if perhaps the most significant of those reasons, because of the vast encumbrance of what they represent, are tears. Our tears connect us even though so many of us cry alone, in silence, in hiding. Our tears are our reminder that our hearts are made up of muscle and soft, t and soft tissue and that they pump blood and that there are times that they pour in both heartache and in joy and, and in fear and in the midst of overwhelm um, and in excitement and in gratitude. All of our hearts do this, right? In all the many ways, at so many different times, all of our hearts do this. They shed tears. And this is how our tears tether us together, even when they are the result of having let go, or even better, like getting to let go. Our tears, the tears that come from the sadness or heartache, they are a purging of that which hurts us, overwhelms us, or holds us back, right? They are like sweat to our marathon or like that little annoying thing in the bathtub that starts to drain the water if the water level rises beyond a certain point, right? Super annoying, but necessary because the overflow, you know, if, if that dam breaks before we allow some relief, then it can seem catastrophic. They are a releasing of an energy that builds up inside us and an energy that, if not released, might cause us to implode or fall in on ourselves and crumble. The kind of crumbling from which some of us never return, a falling in, a crumbling that does not have to be, um, that is not totally necessary. Let it go. Let them go. And remember that they are a piece in the puzzle of tribe, of community. And there are other types of tears, right? Um, I think about how we focus so much on the tears that are a result of heartache or hurt or betrayal and all those things. But there are also those tears, the tears that are beautifully light and joyful and Tears that still nonetheless feel awkward because there's still this tiny voice that says that there's something wrong with them, about them. They feel awkward because they confuse us and those around us. Uh, and there's still this, this kind of dull ache that exists when they come pouring out of our face, even though like our face was made for it, right? We have tear ducts, like our face was made to shed tears. And yet there's something that's still so awkward and uncomfortable uncomfortable about even the best of those tears, right? Like the tears that I had the pleasure of crying during my meditation, oddly present, uh, a little difficult, even confusing, but such a relief. 
a relief when we allow it to be. Those are the tears that I don't feel we experience or talk about nearly enough. Those tears too are a buildup of energy that must be released. Mine that morning were a result of this tremendous feeling of gratitude. Gratitude. And I know that that is like a November topic, right? <laughs> gratitude. You know, Thanksgiving starts to come in and all, all of a sudden it's gratitude challenges on Facebook and, you know, 10 things we're grateful for and 12 days of gratitude. And it's like gratitude and pumpkin spice. Right? Um, but I'm talking about that kind of gratitude that if we sit back for a moment, we notice it in the everyday um, it's this gratitude for what I have and also this kind of really neat feeling of thanks for what is to come, um, even if I'm not really sure what that is. And I think that it ties back into remembering that uh, the universe wants me to be happy, right? It's, it's reciprocal. It, it's about the stability of its existence. And so I think that some of this gratitude for what's to come comes from that little part of me that believes even in the hardest of times um, that there is something good and amazing waiting for me and oftentimes it's not even that it's waiting for me in some far off future it's that it's just waiting for me to see it to acknowledge it and I think the tears and that medication came from medication <laughs> obviously I have medication on the mind not sure why um meditation or maybe it's because they're related right meditation is a form of self-medicating I don't know I'm stretching but anyway uh in that time in that meditation I just felt really full and what's funny is that if you know me you know that I don't have a lot by the standards of many. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I'm really lacking. And what I mean is in this country of capitalism, I am not the model of, you know, stuff. Um, we're not poor, but we're certainly not rich. We don't have everything we want, but we have everything we need, and we have some of the things that we want. But the gratitude I was experiencing that morning was not really about any of that. It was not about what I had or what we had or where we lived or where we might go. The tears, the gratitude was a result of what I felt about what I had. It was about sitting there on an old mattress that neither of us sleep well on, um, but that was also my warm bed under the warm covers next to my sleeping-ish beautifully imperfect husband who tries so hard to be his best. And I sat there listening to the rainfall like music on the metal roof of our old broken down 1970 something trailer. And it all just felt like magic, magic. In that moment, it was amazing. And the tears were both the wand and the rabbit. Okay. So it, it sort of sounds like it's about things because I mentioned things like my bed and, you know, the roof, but I'm having trouble explaining it. It's more about being present and and with those things and feeling genuinely just really, really feeling appreciative of those things, of finding the best in those things and in that moment. And better yet, what 
those things and that moment represented for me right then. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. Um, things are not the source of our joy or our of our disdain, right? They can't be. They're just things. If they were the source of our joy or the source of our misery, all rich people would be happy and all poor people would be sad. And I've seen so many instances that prove that this is not the case, okay? Either way, it's like I was aware in that moment of what I had. And then through the tears, I was aware of what I, of what I had. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know if it sounds crazy, but something occurred to me that, that does feel crazy. And I think I've only taken the time to meditate once since then. Like that is crazy. I think that sounds crazier than anything I've said so far. What is it about us that gets scared by the amazing things, the beautiful things, the sacred things? What is it about us that experiences something beautiful or wonderful and then refuses to do it again. <laughs> I mean, I've been up since 4.30 this morning, writing, working, writing some more, and then the thought occurred to me, oh, I should do a short meditation. You know what the next thought was? Nah, <laughs> nah, what is up with that? And the truth is, in them, I had I had reasons, right? I had these excuses. I have too much to get done before this afternoon. Uh, I have this email to do. I have to copy these templates. I have all this to do, right? But I think that what it comes down to and what I will probably say over and over again because I am learning it over and over again is that connectedness is scary. And I think that, I think that on some level, connectedness is what meditation is even about, right? Connecting with our thoughts, our body, our fears, our discomforts, the voices that can be so hard to quiet and the nerves that can be so difficult to calm. The sit, the silence, no cell phone, right? No cell phone, real connectedness, not the perceived connectedness that social media provides, right? Real Genuine connectedness is scary because even when it is about connecting with ourselves, all of like the self, like even confronting the ego and then bowing before our best self that waits for us there, it's all scary because it requires vulnerability. It requires us to be vulnerable to ourselves just as the tears do any of the tears. No wonder it's so hard for so many of us to cry. But yes, connection, real connection, true connection, genuine, authentic connection with ourselves or with others requires vulnerability. And there is nothing easy about that, about openness, about rawness, about exposing those spaces that we want to keep in the dark, in the shadows, in the safe crevices of our comfort zones. And that is why the universe rewards us for trying, for trying any of it and for trying all of it. 
That is why the universe rewards us for suiting up and showing up. Because when we do, even when we are scared, that is called courage. That is bravery. That is faith and trust. And the universe needs our bravery because with bravery comes so many beautiful things. With bravery, not only do we get to see the beautiful views from stepping out on a ledge, amazing scenery from going out on a limb, but the most beautiful thing about courage, the most magical thing is that it opens up our world and our hearts to more courage. I know it it seems cyclical, but it also, because of that, because it, it, you know, courage begets more courage. It also opens up opens us up to joy and pride and surprise and awe. And that, that is what the universe feeds on, your joy and pride and surprise. And those are the buds that bloom when we, lay, when we water that little seed within us that says, well, maybe if I just try, maybe if I just try. I'm afraid, but what if I try? It may hurt, but what if I try? What if I am brave? What if I give in to the courage that is inside of me? Give in to it and to love, you know? Give in to it and and act in love. Give in to it and listen. Give Give in to it and share. Be open, be honest. Let someone in. Let some of me out. And there... There, that is where we connect. You don't have to do it perfectly, right? It doesn't have to be perfect to be amazing, right? You just have to suit up and show up for your friends and family. Show up for the youth and the elderly. Show up for our neighbors, which, I'm sorry, neighbors don't just include the people next door. Remember that most borders are just lines drawn in the sand. But most importantly, most importantly, and perhaps the foundation of any of the rest of it is to show up for yourself, for your life, for your dreams, for your fears, and for the tears that you try to hold back. Show up, show up for you, right? Be brave for you. Muster up the courage that it takes to do anything and everything for you because suiting up and showing up for you, not only allows you to reap the benefits of each and every one of the adventures that will inevitably follow, but it shows others that it can be done. It can be done. We can try and fail and not die, right? We can lose a lot and still get it back. We can open up and not be broken beyond repair, right? Or we can even experience brokenness, but then later experience healing right? Because living life inspires more life, right? Courage inspires courage. Think about how our children watch us. And I'm not saying just us that are parents, but the us that are teachers or community leaders or the us that are walking around the grocery store, right? And then remember that there is a child in all of us, no matter how old we are, and they all All of them, every last one of them are watching too. As a grown ass woman, I am still inspired by the strength and courage of others. That little girl in me still every single day finds hope in what others show me every single day. I sang karaoke for the first time last year 
because I watched my friends and my children get up there and do it first. Okay, my shy 11 year old at the time who can't speak in real whole words in front of adults, my shy little girl got up and sang karaoke, right? And my, and she did that after my boy who's 15 um, got up there, right? It's not super cool for a kid to sing karaoke, but he got up there and did it. He, did, he was the first in our family to do it. And I love my children, but singing is not their most developed talent. <laughs> but they didn't care. They didn't care. They were a little bit afraid of being laughed at, I think. And I think that's natural. But they were braver than that fear. They showed me what it meant to be courageous. And then they showed me the reward of joy and laughter and confidence. And if they could do it, I realized, or the little girl in me realized, I can do it too. And regarding connectedness, watch the children do that too. Watch them be courageous and brave in their vulnerability. Watch them make new friends, climb the jungle gym, share their sandwiches with someone they just met. They are not yet afraid of connectedness. And it is because we know as children and somehow forget, or maybe it's change, maybe it's forgetfulness, maybe it's that we change, but somehow as children, we know and already see that more connects us than separates us. We have more in common than not. Oh, you like blocks? Me too. Oh, recess is your favorite? Me too. Oh, it makes you sad when people make fun of you for who you are and how you look. Me too. Right? And yes, we do change as we grow older and our experiences can appear to put barriers between us. But that's not true. Or it doesn't have to be true. Right? Because A... Those experiences, if we share them, then create reason to come together. They are a reason to connect. They're only barriers because we put them there as barriers. But if we look at them as reasons to connect, to share our differences with one another, then they're no longer barriers. It's all perception. It's all perception. What if there's a wall Right? We see it as a barrier, but what if that wall is meant for us to come together so that we can break it down? Because one on one side or one on the other side cannot do it alone, but if we come together, then it can come down. Right? What if these barriers, what if their purpose is for us to come together to bring them down? Right? Even our differences can be a reason to connect. And they, our shared experiences or our personal experience that we choose to share, become our shared ground. They become sacred ground. So our differences do not have to separate us, no matter what anyone says. Not if we behave with just enough courage to try to understand them and embrace them. Or let's just say this. Say you can't get past the idea that differences are not barriers, right? What if we just try to embrace the idea that our differences are not as impenetrable as we think that they are, okay? Because more connects us than separates us. And if you can't remember how true that is, if you get caught up on Republican versus Democrat, black versus white, skinny and thick, blonde or brunette, white collar or blue collar, whatever, then start with the basics and go from there. 
When we think about connectedness and we start with the basics, it's actually freaking amusing that we focus on our differences because <laughs> the basic similarities are astounding, astounding. And here's what we do. I, I've compiled a list of those things that we have in common. I have compiled a list of those things that connect us. And I'm going to start with some of the most basics and we are going to move on. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. So for one, we all poop, <laughs> right? So basics people, but think about it. Okay. And not only do we all poop, but most of us don't want anyone else to know that we're doing it. Right. And we're worried that someone's going to find out. Okay. So another basic insecurities, we all have them. We all work through them. We all struggle with them. Uh, another one, we say silly things. We put our foot in our mouth. We trip sometimes over roots, sometimes over our family roots, right? We trip over our history and our past. And we also trip over that imaginary thing in the sidewalk that once we stumble and then gain our feet back under us, we look back to make sure everyone knows there was something there that we tripped over, right? We all fart at the most inopportune of times. I will tell you my two favorite that make me laugh the only two times that I've ever farted in front of my husband was once when I was trying to do a karate kick, and the second time was when we were doing a chest bump. Yes, I put that out there. Something else is that we always wish something was different about us. All of us. All of us. There's never been a person in my life that I've met who did not wish that there was something different about them. Uh, we all see ourselves differently than others see us. Absolutely. When we get down on ourselves, if we would take a moment and just ask our friends what they see in us, we would see that their view of us is so much more complimentary and beautiful of our view at our, of ourselves, and that's got to change. And part of that change is going to be in about realizing that these, this is yet another thing that connects us. We all have a fashion nightmare in our past, and we have an incriminating photo of it, I'm sure, or someone else does. Uh, we all have something that we might wish didn't happen at some point, even if we are evolved enough to say, you know what, it happened and it helps contribute to who I am. There was a time in our life where we wished it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is true for everyone. One of my favorite friends says all the time that she pees a little when she laughs. So I say this, it may not be true for everyone now, but if we live to be old enough for it to be true, then it will be something that connects us. Um, yeah. Oh, we've all had a booger in our nose and a green thing in our teeth at some point. And we've all dealt with someone not telling us. We've all wondered maybe at least once what our first crush or first love is doing now. We all have dreams and goals. We all have talents and gifts. We all have someone that secretly loves us, right? And we all have red blood and we all have skin that can cut and wounds that feel like they will never heal. The point is people, please, we, there is so much more that connects us than separates us. And that is our strength. Embracing that is our strength. And really realizing that, you know, that is where our strength and our joy can come from as a collective. It's community. 
So I don't quite know how to explain all that came from a morning meditation because it didn't. Um, it didn't, but uh, at least not directly. But it's amazing how one little sit down with myself, um, 10 minutes, because that's about all I can bear of meditation, uh, how that one little sit down with myself kind of led to this place of wanting more and more every single day to connect more with you. And so how lucky am I that I get to do that with a podcast? <sighs> All right, friends, here is where we will end this episode of Dear World, Love, Delilah. Thank you so, so much for being here. I will say it today and I will say it every single episode. You are the reason I do this and you are the reason that I get to do this. I'm having so much fun here and I'm really, really grateful to be able to spend this time with you. Seriously, thank you for this, for all the love that you give me between episodes each week, the emails, the Facebook messages, the love that you give me on social media, and the reviews that you leave on iTunes. You guys are rock stars and I am just super happy that I get to be in the band. So with that, if you did like this episode, if you feel like it had bits of juicy, yummy goodness that can help someone you know or someone you care about, then I hope you will take a moment to share it on Facebook or on Instagram. And then maybe even take another moment to leave a review on iTunes. All that stuff makes a huge difference in what I'm able to offer you from week to week, and it really only takes seconds, literally seconds, to do this from your phone or tablet right now. So please, just remember, sharing is caring. <laughs> also, if you haven't gotten your hands on my free 15-page ebook that can help you take some really small steps to making some big, awesome changes in your life, then you need to go get that. It is free, it's fun, and it is found at DarcyLee.com. Plus, I am developing my new fancy online coaching subscription called Mini Blueprint to Being. And it's only going to be, wait for it, $6 a month. Let that sink in for a second. We're talking about the price of a Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza with all of its yummy goodness and convenience, but without any of the feeling you feel when you've had too much of it. And the first month is going to be on me. So basically, I'm going to be giving you killer tips, tricks, resources, and support as you embark on a personalized journey of self-love, personal growth, and improving how you feel about who you are and the life you're living. And I'm also pretty much buying you a pizza. <laughs> I mean, how can it get much better than that? With the mini blueprint to being subscription, you'll get a ton of treats, monthly reflections, and goal inspiration. You'll get writing prompts, mini podcasts, videos, great information and resources on the topic of the month, as well as coupons on cool life, love, and self-care goodies. You'll also get rockstar swag, like a legit personalized care package from yours truly, and discounted access to one of many of my upcoming programs and courses. Yeah, so all of that for only $6 a month after you get the first month on me. And of course, you can cancel anytime you want, but you won't want to because it's going to be epic. Just saying, I promise. If you want to know more about it, or if you have any specific topics or struggles you would like to see addressed in the subscription, you can stay tuned, or you can even shoot me an email at hello at darcylee.com. Anywho, before signing off, I want to give a special thanks to my badass executive producer, Wayne Rindbjör, without whom I'd be lost, 
And I want to thank you one more time for being here. I truly hope that you got something that you needed and I cannot wait to be here with you again next week. So with that, dear world, I am sending so many hugs and kisses. Love, Delilah.